Uh, greetings, okay. humans. <laughs> greetings, humans. Hello. <laughs> Bonjour and welcome to Hooligans. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I'm Paul Alvis, and uh, today, as you can uh, hear probably in the background there, our special guest, the wonderful Katie Manning. How are you, my dear? I'm extremely well, thank you, darling, in this strange and bizarre world that we're living in at the moment. <laughs> and yes. I feel frightfully well, too. Merry Christmas. So Merry Christmas. And uh, how have your, your plans changed this year, Katie, for the holidays? I'm now, you know, well, we're, it's a little different in this country, sweetheart. Um, first of all, I'm on my own. My family are in America and Australia. My grandchild, my twins, everybody's gone. Um, I feel that we're in tier four now, which means we're in lockdown. Um, so I put out a tweet today where I was saying, you know, I'm on my own, but I can handle it. You know, I don't have a problem with it at all. Right. Um, and uh, so consequently, um, my job, I think, this Christmas is to help and support as many people as I can who are going through great difficulties, you know, through anxiety, depression, because over the last year. So since I got back from Australia during the bushfires last year, uh, last Christmas, and then I went to America, and then I got back here, and we were into major lockdown. Um, and we've been—I've been able to work a little recently, which has been amazing. Um, but I think yes, Christmas doesn't—it sounds so terrible, doesn't it? I sound like the Grinch. Christmas, I don't actually care. Um, right. I care for other people at Christmas. I, if my family were with me, I would be doing Christmas mama. I brought up twins. I've done all of the, we're also great believers that with adults, we do not give gifts. We give to charities um, or we make something. We're, we're all very good at making things. And I think rather than rushing around the shops and so on and so forth, this Christmas needs to be about showing true Christmas spirit, which is love and care for everybody. And we may not be able to be with our family, but our families know we love them. We are so lucky these days. We have so much ability to communicate. Back in the day when I was traveling with my twins, my mother only had the telephone because we didn't right. have mobiles. And well, no, if we'd had them, she'd have had one. But you know, there was only the telephone and things like that. So. I think really we have to recognize this isn't going to be quite the Christmas that we're all expecting. And anyway, I'm really glad because lots of turkeys will survive because of it. I'm a vegetarian, trust oh. me. I'm, I'm on, the turkeys are going, we don't want anybody to be really sick and we don't want anything to happen. However, I think we've been spared. Um, and, <laughs> you know, but with this virus, we know that this virus really loves to party and it loves gatherings. And I think we have to be aware that the only way we can keep it away is to miss out this year's parties and gatherings. And, you know, lives are so much more important. So there you go. I'm afraid that's the only way I can tell you about Christmas. I will put a string of lights around my neck <laughs> and 
a silly hat on and I will do my Christmas video to everyone. But yeah, it's my job this year because I don't panic about these things um, is to help people through. Yeah, and, and certainly um, I'm, I'm certain that more bottles of scotch have been consumed over these holidays than ever. There's a lot of depression and yeah, certainly seeing your smiling face with some Christmas lights is sure going to help a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's it's letting people know that you are there. And I've said, you know, always reach out. And I'm on my own for Christmas, but, you know, I just don't mind. So therefore, I'm here and really able to be supportive. Absolutely. And I, those of us like me, that's what we should be doing. Yes, that's cheer the people up around us, for sure, for sure. Now you did get to. You're saying you did get to do some work, uh, although you're in isolation. Yeah, a lot of work actually. Yes, I've been filming. Um, you know, we go through all the the COVID rules now, um, which is is a very different way of doing things. And I, when we were on location for a few days, and then when I was in the studio, they put the big perspex screens between us. Well, because my eyes are so bad, I kept bashing into it, and I said, "Well, I think we've just revealed how we're doing this scene." <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and so I've been filming and then we made the uh, for the new box set we did the um, the thing with the Autons the Joe and her professor and then I've been recording uh, the first of three 400 page books the first one had 18 different voices in it so <laughs> wow it's not very rude but honestly i came out of there and i thought i was going to disappear up my own bottom hole at one point you know i love the voices uh, i recently listened to one of the um the bbc uh audiobook sets uh, where uh, you, uh, you did uh, some of the old tv series as an audio version and uh, i mean you do a wonderful brigadier <laughs> well those aren't the most challenging this more challenging because it has things in it i probably shouldn't give it away but hey um you know like a a very neurotic vending machine called barbara <laughs> uh, you know and you've got to find all these different voices. but then i did my own play and i had 26 voices and then when i did me and jezebel which is a play about betty davis i played nine different characters including betty and a four-year-old child and a, a you know an evangelist and you know, I'm, I, I do a lot of multi-voicing I'm good at that and it makes me cheap because they say oh we just get Katie because she'll do them all she'll, she'll do all the act all the characters <laughs> well before we had Tim Trelaw I had to do John Pertwee um the break I mean there was one where I did John Pertwee Iris Wildtime Joe Grant the Brigadier you know uh and then when we, you know, things like that. So you, although I wasn't doing an impersonation, I'm not John Coleshaw, I'm very good at finding, like, just the, that, the feeling, the being of those characters like John Pertwee. I mean, I'd never be able to actually do his voice. I can do Betty Davis's, I can do Popeye's, but I can't <laughs> do, but I know John's heart. I know his soul. So when working with Tim, I've been able to share, you know, because, when you're doing voices, I don't know whether this is interesting or not. Tell me to shut up. If Absolutely. <laughs> but when you're doing voices, you can't um, just do them. The body has to do it as well. Yes. Um, 
well, mine does. <laughs> so, you know, when I'm doing Joe Grant, I stand on tippy toes almost because her energy goes upwards. And now I'm, you know, when I get to play Joe Jones, she's a little kind of older. So her, her body language is like different. You know, when you're, I remember when I, you know, doing Betty Davis, there was a particular look and suddenly you found, you know, and it just, you had to blink and, and it all comes. So when you're multi-voicing, um, people often think you do one voice at a time. But having done 26 voices on stage and nine voices on stage, I can tell you, you actually interrupt yourself in a different voice, in a completely different emotion. So you really, you have to be actually a little bit insane. I think I've just tried. <laughs> That's how you do it. You've got to be nuts. <laughs> Absolutely. And you have to be looking quite far ahead, I guess, in the script in front of you. Well, in a strange way, yes, but you're kind of reading it off the pit. You have to do your preparation. Right. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I'd be into at one point in, in, in the Betty Davis play, me and Joseph, there was four of us in a car and there's Betty, who's not happy at this point because the kid in the back is kicking her seat. He's four. The woman driving is a massive fan and is really embarrassed to child. I'm driving a car while I'm talking to you. How ridiculous. You see, I'm miming already. Um, <laughs> and and then you've got the husband who doesn't like Betty. And so you've got to know everybody's absolute emotion, background, story of who they are. And then you come in with the different reactions. And you literally cut yourself off sometimes because people don't always get to the end of a sentence before, especially a kid. You know, they're not going to wait for you to finish. Well, mine never did, still don't. And they're 42. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now you've done a lot of work with uh, with uh, Nick Briggs at over at Big Finish. Um, I'm assuming right now it's all remote. It's all doing a work from home. No, no, it's not actually. Um, no, I'm not blessed. Like I know quite a few people who, you know, either have a laundry cupboard, but I'm not able to use a computer. You see, because of my eyes. Yes. Um, I have to lean over. I'm going to put this as delicately as I can. I have to go right up to the screen, even if it's a huge screen. Yes. So that means leaning over the keyboard. Right. Well, there's a certain part of my anatomy that doesn't type. <laughs> and that's what's resting on the keyboard. <laughs> Are you with me? I'm with you. <laughs> okay. I'm just trying to be, you know, um, a polite person. And Absolutely. Not, you know. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I have to get very close to everything. Um, it unnerves a lot of people, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, they have the ability to use a computer. So they have a microphone. The other day I was doing something. They said, have you got headphones? I said, are you joking? I, I hate putting things over my ears, really. You know, when I'm on my own, I, I don't have any of that set up. Um, although I have done, I did a thing for a video for the Sarah Jane um, tribute, uh, which I shot from a, I had a step ladder with a breadboard at the top and I, I gaffer taped my phone to the breadboard okay. and I shot this amazing video for Russell T Davis and he was thrilled with it. Wonderful. I've <laughs> <laughs> um, also done a lot of um, various charity things and also um, I did, I think 26 letters from Iris Wildtime to Panda 
I did at home, but just using my phone. But for these books, this is not possible uh, because I really don't have the right, you know, um, equipment for doing 400 page books. Right. So I was actually in a studio to do that. But um, yeah, quite a few people are quite well equipped at home now. I get away with a lot, but there's <laughs> certain areas that I just wouldn't sound right. So the, the big you know, finish studio, think, it must be like a, a Doctor Who reunion every day. Oh, it, this, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've done things that aren't Doctor Who. You know, I've done Dorian Gray. I've done, um, I've done um, Dracula. Um, and, you know, I've done, and then, of course, I've, I've done, I do Hours Wild Time. And I've done that with doctors and not with doctors. And so I get quite a lot of things, but oh, it's such a joy, you know, when you, and, and to be able to do the crossovers, to work with Sylvester, to work with Colin, you know, I've worked with basically all of them now. <laughs> and I've just done one too with um, the lovely Sir Derek Jacobi. Um, I've done the new War Masters. Um, so you get to work with these incredible actors and you also get together with and work with various wonderful actors who've bought their absolute souls to playing the doctor and also different you know it's like when i did yeah. the three doctors back in the 70s you know seeing pat Troughton and john pertwee working so differently um and it, it, it it's fascinating actually watching them work you know i'll never forget I went, when I did Iris Wild Time with Peter Davidson, <laughs> after about the first 10 minutes, Peter Davidson looked up and said, is she really playing it like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a wonderful fellow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, so now... now um... I mean, you you played you know Iris Wildtime, a uh, female Time Lord, we'll say. Well, um, yeah, and all that banging on was going on about there's never been a female Time. Hello, I mean, you might not have seen. <laughs> by God, that woman was there. <laughs> That's right. Blooming long time she has. And, and now I think I think we actually have more female Time Lords than male male at this point. Uh, well, it always is that way, doesn't it, darling? <laughs> Feast of famine. Feast of famine. So now we have our new doctor. Uh, what do you think of uh, Jody in the new role? I absolutely, like everybody else, you know, I never prejudge. And I also believe that every actor that has come into it, that has played it, has brought their own particular magic. And like everybody else, I was really excited to see how jo Jody, what magic she was going to bring, it's like two hearts. One belongs to the doctor, one belongs to the actor, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, and I waited with bated breath, as they say in this country. It doesn't sound good when you say it. Um, but you, And I was blown away. I thought she was absolutely marvelous. Um, and as I say, if Doctor Who continues to be made and with love, and also for me, it wasn't about having a woman. I think that rather defeats the strength of the female fight, if you for want of another word. It has to be the right actor or actress 
for the job at the time. And she was exactly the right actress, not just because you've got to have one, but because they're the right piece of casting. And she was absolutely perfect. And I was totally blown away. I love everything that she's doing. And if this program continues to be made as it has been from the very first day that it ever started with passion, love and dedication, it will continue for many years yet. The moment it goes into the wrong hands from the top, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens, yes. <laughs> now, now uh, and, you know, whether you, you know, people like to say, oh, I don't like Christian, I don't like this. Well, fine, carry on. You know, for me, I sit there and I think it's a wonderful show and you're going to enjoy some stories more than others and so on and so forth. But I don't think we should get aggressive about who we like best and who we don't like. That's right. <laughs> as much as I love Paul McGann, I know he's not going to come back as the doctor, not on screen. <laughs> well, he's... He's, he's done a beautiful job. Absolutely. Uh, it should be cherished and enjoyed, you know, in the same way as, you know, they're saying, oh, it, 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 I think everybody has a right to what they want. But then you've got, you know, people saying, oh, I haven't enjoyed it since 1974. Well, don't watch it then. <laughs> Amen. Sorry, Amen. I, I get so fed up with people being so angry about so many things. You know, um, it, you either enjoy it or you don't enjoy it. And uh, I think the whole concept of the show is so wonderful. You can't not enjoy it. And I mean, if you don't Unless enjoy the current just... one, you can always, I mean, there, there's thousands of hours of audiobooks that you can, there's millions of hours of, uh, you know, written text you know, there's specials. There's so many other things that you could be enjoying that are still Doctor Who. If you like Peter Davison, watch Peter Davison. <laughs> exactly. <It's always> <laughs> and they make new audios with Big Finish all the time. All the time. Uh, you know, you can always find the one that you love. And for me, I've only really got into Doctor Who. I always confess, my children have never seen it. My my granddaughter has one of my figurines, which she carries everywhere and says, this is grandma. <laughs> so wonderful. already people think she's weird. Um, <laughs> grandma goes out to dinner. Grandma goes out to lunch. Grandma was seen climbing a wine bottle only the other day at a dinner party. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it's I got into it when it first came back with Russell T. Davis because I felt the break... You know, it's like when you bring in a new producer, you get a whole new take on something that even though it doesn't change, it changes enough to grow right. up, to change, to mature. And, you know, special effects change. You know, if you know, if I hear one more person saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, back in the 70s, they had wobbly walls. And you think, really? Well, they didn't have computers. Like, you can't compare. <laughs> That's right. You watch what you watch and you take it for what it is and when it was. And it's fascinating to watch how, as, you know, things have become more available, what they've been, technology, what they've been able to do. Um And when it came back with Russell T. Davis, I was in Australia and I was sitting there on the edge of my sofa because that's the only place I will ever watch it from. I right. don't like what um, catch up. I sit on the edge of my sofa with my cup of tea and it comes on and I stood up after the end of the first episode and I just cheered. You know, I was on yeah. my own. Um, but 
it, I was so thrilled because the, um, you know, first of all, Christopher Eccleston was such a perfect person to cast as the first coming back. And, um, and you know, Katie, they could have taken the props from the original Auton story and reused them. Because it, <laughs> as, you, as as much as people talk about the, the wobbly sets and the cheesy whatever, those, uh, the store shop dummies could have been taken from the original series and just repainted, spruced up. Yeah. And it still works. And also, we have to look at the fact that, you know, we know that um, going back to my time, there was a wonderful adventure going on on your screen. But underneath it, there was a message if you wanted it. Um, we dealt with, I think it was Day of the Dark, you know, there was Vietnam. There was all sorts of things. You know, the Green Death, that was pollution. We're still battling with that. Where have we come since then? Nowhere. We've gotten worse. And the um, autons was all about plastics. That's right. And, you know, people keep thinking this is all new. No, it's not. I mean... I was dealing with battling these things back in about 1968, and I was just called a loopy hippie. Yeah. I'm still called a loopy hippie, but, you know, <laughs> I'm an old loopy hippie now. There's a, there's a lot of Joe Grant in Katie Manning, isn't there? I, do you know, yeah, <laughs> it was never intentional, except I think Barry Letts and um, Terence Dix, the moment I walked in, I think they thought, that's it. And I think there was because I was I was clumsy. I was late because I was doing another TV show. They'd they'd shortlisted it out of five, six hundred girls. They'd shortlisted it to three, but they still decided they were going to wait to see me. I didn't even read this from the script, nothing, whereas everybody else had to read from the script. Right. No, I didn't even do that because I couldn't see the pages. Um, so I think they sort of saw this slight with all the rings on the fingers and terribly short-sighted. And I think they thought, well, this is that kind of... Because my character got to grow up, which yes. not many get to do. Um, you know, she really started as Little Miss Innocent, who really hadn't... She wasn't a unit. You know, it likes to say right. on Google... Think, oh, she's a unit trend. No, she's not. She doesn't salute. She doesn't wear a uniform. And she ignores everything the Brig says. <laughs> um, she was just a ring in because of her uncle. And, you know, she, <laughs> she'd never passed any of her science exams. Um, <clears throat> but she was a gutsy, you know, determined, wacky little creature. Well, we got to see her all the way up to her when she got engaged, right? To the Dr. Jones. That she was... Married, married somebody that she said, just like the doctor, only she was going to look after this planet. Having seen everything else, she realized this is what she wanted. She wanted somebody like the doctor. And what was lovely in The Green Death, they mirrored my meeting with Cliff to be the same as my meeting with John. She ruined his experiment. She, you know, he right. wanted to get out of here, go away. And she's going, you know, um, and I thought that was such a lovely touch. And then to come back in the Sarah Jane adventures as a real eco granny, still with Cliff and so many children, she couldn't even count. <laughs> That's you right. And, uh, and you did a special, like you were talking about before, for the new uh, DVD, uh, sorry, Blu-ray box set. And it, well, last year we did one, Stuart and I did one with... Um, we, we became a, that's right we we did the one with the the green death because we were visiting that era um and i remember they'd written in the script that we 
killed the maggots. And I said, excuse me, Joe and Cliff do not kill. So we miniaturized them instead. There you go. <laughs> you know, because there's nothing. <laughs> put, put them in the compost bin. They can serve well, a new Stuart purpose. Stuart tells the story. He says, he said, when we were filming it for real, Katie said, Katie was so worried about any of the maggots being hurt that she was standing there saying, don't anybody hurt those maggots. If anything happens to these maggots, you know, and he said, so Katie, Joe, Joe, Katie, who knows? Um, and then this one was, of course, the Autons. That's right. And uh, using mod Joe uses modern technology to wipe them out. <laughs> Wonderful. Let me have a drink as well. Let's refresh in our drinks here. Well, I've got a cup of tea and a glass of water. <laughs> Wonderful. I hope you've got something more exciting, darling. Uh, it's ginger ale. <laughs> That's good enough. Yeah, I can always put something in it later. It's a little bit early in the day here. It's only two oh, of course. Yet. I I'm in Toronto. I'm in Canada. You have fans worldwide. Don't forget. <laughs> oh, look, I, you know, I get so many lovely um, messages from Canada. And when I used to do, when we were allowed to do conventions, the number of people in America that would come over from Canada and they always bought me maple syrup because <laughs> I can eat, I can be, eat maple syrup with everything. Oh, I got to send you some. I bit. like maple syrup <laughs> and grit. You know, that's my American blood and my Canadian design. All right, we'll find some maple syrup. I'm going to contact your publicist and send some over. I'm sure I can find some oh, gourmet I stuff. You, <laughs> I mean, I can eat that by the spoonful. <laughs> Wonderful. I, it has to be the proper one. Yes. You know. Yes. Do you prefer the, the thicker or the, the light maple syrup? What are you using it for? Just to pour down my little greedy throat. <laughs> I, I have it on French toast. I have it. I don't really like eggs, but if I eat an egg, it has to be scrambled and I can't eat an egg scrambled without maple syrup. Oh, I, I love maple maple syrup in any kind of uh, sauce for uh, like a smoked salmon. I know you you're you're a vegetarian, so we won't talk about that. Well, no, no, I cook. <laughs> I do cook for other people. I don't use it like a religion. Um, you know, I I had to try everything, but as a tiny child, I <laughs> to want of another word, if anything had meat or fish in it, I just went, no, not eating that. Um, so it was an instinctive thing with me. It wasn't a learnt thing. My father was deeply distressed some by the, it. Some of the best chefs I know or best cooks uh, are vegetarians, believe it or not. They, um, if you can find a way to bring out flavor in you know, vegetables. You know, like, yeah. uh, and the, the worst cooks I know, all they know how to do is cook the meat, put salt and pepper on it, right? So they're... Oh, you know, it's like Australia. They just throw every, They just throw all this flesh in a barbecue. Everything on the barbie, yeah. <laughs> They say, wasn't that lovely? And I said, well, I've, I've sat here. I've had a baked potato that I, quite frankly, was not that great. Then you throw coleslaw at me because you're all so interested in this burnt flesh. <laughs> that you're about. So, so Katie, and then you go sit on the beach. When I sit on, I never sit on the beach. I don't like the sun, right? Right. I lived right on the beach in Australia, but I was the palest creature you've ever seen. Um, my children would surf and I would kind of be under an umbrella, you know, um, because I always thought if I sit on the beach in 42 degrees, I'm going to be like a piece of steak on a barbecue. I'm just That's cooking. Right. You're just cooking yourself slowly. I'm just cooking myself. Why? <laughs> and there's nobody here to eat me. Find some shade <laughs> and a cold beverage. 
<laughs> but I'm sure I'd taste very nice with maple syrup. <laughs> oh, no comment. Okay. <laughs> uh, <you> need that. <laughs> YouTube, YouTube's going to kick me off if I answer any of these questions. Uh, yeah, I say. <laughs> right, back to sensibility. Take me back to being sensible. That's right. No, uh, so uh, what, what do you got coming up, Katie? I know you're still, you've got a bunch of projects happening, um, even though we're all in uh, lockdown. I've got another two of these big books to read. I've got another audio coming up. And, well, one of, there was a few things that obviously had to be cancelled because they were theatre-based. Right. Um, I was going to do my one-woman show, uh, which I wrote. And, oh, are you, do you do voices in it? Because uh, I, I can't wait to see that if that's the case. I do. I do. I do um, over 20. Wow. <laughs> and that means from old men to newborn babies crying to teen. And I wrote a rap song. And this is something where I hope they'll bring the lights down because watching me do a gangster rap that I wrote, which is, as my son said, my mother, I'm more proud of you because this is the most naughty rap song I've ever <laughs> heard. And I listen to rap. Uh, worth the price of admission right there. <laughs> I know, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine that? It's just very scary, the thought of seeing, you know, this old granny here, the 74-year-old granny standing there doing a really filthy gangster rap. But hey, you know, um, <laughs> I will have all the lights dimmed when I do that. Um, <laughs> well, if you ever make it back to Toronto at some point for a fan expo, I'll be there. Um Love to see all I your work. I would to do that. I'll, 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 I'll show do. up with my camera rig and all the gear and, you know. We'll do it. <laughs> sounds like fun. Uh, you know, can, Canada is one of those. Um, I have a lot of friends who went to live in Canada. Um, and it's one of those countries that, you know, I guess I've lived in America. I have, you know, family there. And I've lived in America over the years from, like, the late 60s, I lived there for a while. I mean, but my sister was a top model with Eileen Ford in New York. <laughs> She's five foot 11, I'm five foot. Hello, okay. thank you. Um, uh, and I've lived in Australia, I've done the whole of Europe. I, I've spent a lot of time and worked in Africa, Zimbabwe. Um, I've never actually kind of gone to Canada and it's the one country I think that if I was to go, because you know I'm a bit of a gypsy, I move all the time. I'm always moving. Come, come the in the summer. <laughs> you know, I, as long as I've got my shoes and my clothes and my, you know, bits, I'm fine. Um, and, and Canada is somewhere I've always thought, you know, would be another country that I'd probably live very well in. A, because I don't like hot countries, which is why I had to eventually leave Australia. I couldn't right. stand it any longer. Um, but my my children are currently there um but yes canada is is such a wonderful country and i really appreciate the people and i really like i like the way the country is kind of run go canada <laughs> i have great respect for canada for many many reasons and i there's a lot of youth and good young thinking coming from that country we're thinking of building a wall in our southern border soon we're not sure <laughs> <laughs> They're still, we're still debating I'm, it. I'm over that wall. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, my, my dear, it has been a, a blast with you. I hope we can do this again soon. Oh, it's been so lovely talking to you. So, I'm so glad. And I do apologize for getting my days confused. Oh, no, 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 no. There's nothing to apologize about, my dear. But, you know, when you do a lot of podcasts and, the, and also I do a lot of things because um, sometimes, you know, you know that people need a little bit of support or, you know, even if you know it's just a time. And then I get, unless my agents kind of reminds me, I also take on things and I don't tell her about them. Right. <laughs> and then I look at all these bits of paper everywhere that I'm about to put in my diary. Well, us, so us Whovians and hooligans know that you are so gracious and, and you've, you've done so many uh, from the largest podcast to the smallest one and you're always out there and we know that you understand Doctor Who, you get the whole concept of the show, you know what it's really about, uh, you're an absolute treasure, absolute Thank treasure. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I always say, and this is very important to me, um, I will never do a convention where I don't talk, communicate, and hug. <laughs> I'm sorry, yes, I hug <laughs> every man. Because we have to remember there would be no show if it wasn't for all these wonderful people. And I've met so many friends through the fan world. Um, I've heard so many extraordinary stories, um, so many incredible people whose lives were helped by this show. And I think it's it's so vital to me to always show love, respect, and gratitude to everybody that watches it. And you know, I'm I am such a lucky woman. Oh, you thank are, you. You are a sweetheart, ladies and gentlemen. Katie Manning. I love you all very much, and you're gorgeously handsome. I'm going to look at you close now and frighten you. <laughs> you're very handsome. Well, oh, thank you very cool. much. I'm a little bit hair challenged, but. No, but it's it's kind of where you well, yes, it is a bit. <laughs> haven't dog. haven't had a beard trim in six months thanks to COVID. <laughs> Do you know what I like a man with a beard? Just thought I'd share that with you. Made my day. That's an early Christmas present for me. Just hearing that from the lovely Katie Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my darling. May I wish you all a joyous Christmas, and let's all look forward to a free, peaceful New Year. Merry Christmas. You too, darling.